Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and that's Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Nikki, last week was a lot. I'm still, my brain still hurts. <laughs> Did you black out like in the middle 40 minutes? You just kind of black out and then the like, beginning comes and then you kind of fade. And then the you end, know? you start hearing it come back toward the end and you're like, oh, I'm still here. Is that kind of what it's like? Well, this is what it was like. Okay, it, it was interesting when you were going back to like some of the things that we talked about in the past and I have absolutely no memory of us talking about them. And I'm thinking that's because it went so over my head back then and it's still going so over my head now that like, I can't like, <laughs> you know, process it all. Um, but I did follow you and, you know, I think that... Um, you know, someone like myself who uses technology in a pretty basic manner, I mean, it's still so helpful because I wrote notes as you were talking about some of these things that, you know, I want to look into like notability and clean shot, um, craft, like it's just mm -hmm. amazing to me how, uh, how technology evolves and how you see, oh, that could be so helpful, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I think there's so many good pieces it's a lot. And so I think that sometimes if you're not like a tech nerd, like our friend here, Pete Wright, you know, you're going to get bits and pieces out of it, just like I did. But if you are a tech nerd, oh my God, you're going to love last week's episode. <laughs> you're going to love it. So it's good. It's all well, so good. I hope so. I hope it is again. I, you, you'll recall, if that was useful for one person, I call it a win. So whoever you oh, are, absolutely. if there is something in there, I... I'm glad we spent the time. Well, you helped me. It. There's good, but you, unfortunately, you don't count because you're on the team. Oh, so, dang. Yeah, you, you <laughs> are countless. So here we go. All right. So we're going to talk all about today. So last week was, uh, we did a little email follow-up and we did a yes. lot of like tech at work, so tools for yes. calendaring, nodes, tasks, all that kind of stuff. Uh, today we're talking about home health and fitness. And so mm -hmm. that includes smart home. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, latest events in smart home and uh, how things have changed with health and fitness. And I'm, I'm excited to do it because I still use all this stuff uh, a, a lot. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com to get to know us a little bit better. You can find us at TakeControlADHD on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest. And please, TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord. That will take you into our general chat invitation page. Sign in there. If you're a Discord user, you'll jump straight into our general open public chat. If you want to get a little bit more, head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. That's where you sign up to become a supporting member. When we talk about becoming a member, that's what we mean. Patreon allows us to be listener supported podcasting. So every few bucks you throw our way through your monthly or annual subscription, you actually are supporting us doing this kind of research and having these kinds of conversations and giving and supporting the uh, all the other tiers of Discord, hidden Discord communities, the Extra Placeholder podcast, the monthly Coffee with Pete and Coaching with Nikki if you're at the Platinum uh, level, the Happy Hours, the all of the things that we try to do to make this community uh, around this podcast and around ADHD, uh, living with ADHD more robust, more rich, and, and hopefully helpful. Uh, so again, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Thank you so much for your support. 
And Nikki, you know what time it is. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. That's right. This week's episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of the best indivisible tools in my tech tool chest. It's always there running in the background waiting for me to type an abbreviation or snippet. And when Text Expander sees that snippet, it goes to work, instantly expanding from just a few characters on my keyboard to words, sentences, paragraphs, calculations, entire pages of text. Nikki, it's Christmas time. And so I had to, you know, do some research on uh, the, the big boy, the big guy. It's the season yes. to give generously and no better time than to review how Text Expander is used. At the North Pole. Am I right? Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. How is it being used? Well, I have it on good authority that old Chris Kringle and the Elven team up there use our very text expander to add the children of the world to the list. How's it work? The list. I'm so glad you want to know. You use text expanders, fill ins, and drop downs. Using these fill ins and drop downs in these snippets, Mr. Jolly himself can trigger a snippet that pops up a form and he just types name is drop down naughty or nice and shall be the great recipient of fill in something or coal pre-selected. <laughs> and all he has it. to type is the name of the kiddo and the gift and hit return and it adds to the list. That's it, he's using text That's expander, fantastic. who knew? Chris Kringle uses text of kids, you tell your parents that they need to get on text expander because it might be useful to them just as it is for Chris. So. Uh, yes. You just add your snippet to Text Expander Library. It saves it, syncs it to all your devices. You keep all your most used emails and phrases and messages and URLs, anything that you type repeatedly, keep it in that Text Expander Library. Uh, then you expand it. Just type a few key letters as a shortcut that expands that content wherever text is used. It is that easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And for listeners of the ADHD podcast, Merry Christmas! You get 20% off your first year of service. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash TextExpander and you will be whisked over to our page on their site where you can get started. Again, get started now and you'll save 20% off your subscription. The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work work the way your brain works by saying more in less time with less effort using TextExpander. Our great thanks to the TextExpander team for sponsoring the ADHD podcast. And now... Let's get nerdy. Smart home, Nikki. What's the status of your smart home? Do you have any smart home stuff? Hey, lady. Do you do you hey, lady? This music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you did last time, I did. so that's what I'm going to say. Because if I if I use the name, yeah, you don't then she'll it. play the music. Yeah. yeah. No, I. Um, yes, we do. We have that lady in the house. Mm -hmm. And I use her mostly to, pay, to to play music or to ask for fun facts. Like we're talking about something and we're debating on what is true. And it's like, yeah. we'll say, hey, I bet you know the answer. And then sometimes they'll say, I can't find that on the web. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about some of the complications around using Hey Lady uh, momentarily. But first, yeah. let's go back in time to episode okay. 182. Oh, jeez. What did we talk about in 182? <laughs> years ago, probably eight, nine years ago, we talked about outsourcing distraction to the smart home. So doing okay. things like using Hey Lady to do things like creating tasks and playing background stuff and using, 
technology, smart home technology, to make your life hopefully easier. And we talked about the Smart Things Network by Samsung, and we talked about AT&T's Digital Life, and we talked about Wemo, smart plugs and switches and dimmers by Belkin, and we talked about the Google Nest thermostat line, which was before it it had recently, at that point, been purchased. Nest had been purchased by Google, and so it was. it had only just become the Google Nest. Before that, it was just Nest. Uh, we okay. talked about smart garage doors from Smart Home. We talked about the Kivo Smart Lock from QuickSet and the Wi-Fi Smart Lock from August for putting new locks on your doors. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. We talked about a lot of stuff. And what happened right, you know, over the last eight years is things got really, really messy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we ended, there's this great cartoon on standards and it's two stick figures and it says there are 14 standards and the next panel is ridiculous. We need one universal standard. And the third panel is <laughs> there are 15 standards, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> nobody could come up with a single standard that would actually let these devices talk to one another. So if you have a right. new light bulb, it's not going to talk to your Lutron lamp, right? You have to find a right. way to make those talk. Apple came in with uh, Apple's HomeKit, and HomeKit was this underlying layer that ostensibly allowed these devices to talk together to, to one another. And if you, and then there was the Alexa, right? Alexa came in with all mm-hmm. ki- with a their made for Alexa underlying layer that allowed devices to build these smarts made for Alexa or made for HomeKit into their devices. And uh, and then they would be able to talk to each other. So eventually we add, we had Google Standard, Alexa, and HomeKit. Those were the big three. And then Samsung was kind of in there, but mostly they included Alexa. So uh, the technology was was very messy, and there were some very big players all trying to vie for the big standard. Mm-hmm. And and those technologies were built on things. You you might have heard this if you try to buy one of these devices. Is there a Zigbee radio or Z-Wave or is it Wi-Fi or Bluetooth? Like all of these things were fighting for one another. Right. Just last, I think it was last month as we record this, maybe just, just slightly longer ago, a new standard was born. And Ooh. that standard is called Matter. Matter. And it has a little logo. It looks like a little kind of, I don't know, weird kind of, Art Deco Clover. And Mm -hmm. it is based on IP technology, which is not going to make um, a whole lot of sense if you're not super into this stuff. But what it really does is it'll it eventually is going to allow us to do things like getting rid of our home hubs. If you've bought um, a Hue network, you have to have a little box that's plugged into your uh, home network that allows all the devices to talk to the box and the boxes talk to the network, which allows you to talk to your devices. It's very, very confusing. So matter if it's made for matter, then it allows all these devices to talk to one another. And it was just launched, and their initial partners, their participants, who are all con- saying, yes, we we'll will participate, this. are Amazon, Apple, Google, Huawei, Ikea, LG, Lutron, Samsung, and a bazillion more. Because all these mm. manufacturers have realized, you know what, we are borking ourselves. Like, people right. are now looking for, they they buy 
for the network. So they buy for Alexa, they buy for HomeKit, and they're not even looking at our products if we don't have that network involved. And if we just are able to put the matter standard on there, we don't have to think about it anymore. And we can then compete in a rich and robust network because consumers will no longer have to think about if they buy a lamp or a speaker from Ikea right. and they want it to talk to their Sonos you know, television audio setup, they won't have to worry about it because they're all going to work together. It will all be in whatever their their management app of choice is. Mine, for mm -hmm. example, is HomeKit. They'll all all the devices will be visible and functional there. That's mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. big, big deal. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. It is very new. And products are just starting to ship. And I don't know if you've heard, but there is a supply chain, uh, lingering supply chain issues right now. It's hard to get stuff, yes. especially yes. technology. Uh, and so it's. I think it's going to be a little bit before we see the wave of products come out with the Matter logo on them. But the commitment is there so far. And the money mm -hmm. is there so far. Com companies are, are working hard to do this. And so my general guidance is if you want to get into smart home and you have a little patience, make sure you at least look for devices that say they are matter compatible or they're a matter uh, update will come in, in the form of a software update soon or, you know, mm -hmm. matter is coming. Matter is the is the important thing. And I think that's, you know, that's what we need to be building our home systems for. Right. I have. Good to know. Yeah, it's really great. So for now, if you're buying into some uh, smart home tech, um, you know, I just what am I using? So I already said I'm in HomeKit. Uh, I use HomeKit because I'm an Apple nerd. And that means that my uh, interaction is all controlled via my voice and the Hey Lady command. I have HomePods mm -hmm. pretty much everywhere. Um, I have an Apple TV behind my uh LG television. And it is pretty much our interface to TV. I don't like you turn it on and it's just Apple TV. You don't even see the TV interface. Uh, mm -hmm. It just goes straight to the Apple TV. I can't stand the, the smart part of the smart TV. It's the worst. It's slow. It it's buggy. It's uh, it, it's incredibly privacy invasive. It's one of those that mm -hmm. tries to insert commercials that aren't mm -hmm. part being broadcast, like it's inserting ads on top of its smarts, it's the worst. So I try yeah. everything. I, try. I just want a, the dumbest panel I can get, and I plug an Apple TV into it. Um, mm -hmm. And so the sound is coming out through two original HomePods. Uh, they're set in a stereo pair, which gives me Atmos sound uh, for my living room, which is what I care about. Mm -hmm. Um I use, I have home, a HomePod in the kitchen. I have a stereo pair of HomePod minis in my office, stereo pair of HomePod minis in my master bedroom. Uh, uh, my son has a HomePod uh, mini in his um, uh, his bedroom. I even have a HomePod in my bathroom uh, because mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, listen to podcasts while I'm in the shower. And so I mm -hmm. like to be able to move mm -hmm. things around. And you can move things around with your voice, right? Because of that, I can say like, you know, play this here. Now move this over here. You know, I can, I can, it'll follow me as I move through the house. And I like that. It makes me feel like I'm living in the future. Same thing with lights. <laughs> I can say, you know, it took me about four years, but every time we replace a light bulb, we replaced it with a hue light bulb, uh, which mm -hmm. white and color. Uh, so that means I can change the color of every light bulb in the house. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was expensive, but delightful uh, because mm-hmm. of it brings what it you gave joy. Me. It brings me great, great joy. It was a massive yeah. undertaking that nobody cares about. One of the big problems that uh, often uh, with the big complaints that people have about going this route is switches that light switches no longer function the way they should because you have to leave the light is effectively on all the right. time. So if you turn yeah. the switch off, there's no power to the lamp that you're using. So the light won't turn on with your voice. Yeah. They sell, uh, you can get switches that are radio controlled switches. And I use command strips and put them on the wall right over the of existing switch so that now we've just <laughs> trained ourselves when we're using a switch, we use the hue switch and all the other switches stay untouched. So uh, mm-hmm. that is the workaround. It is incredibly useful to be able to do that. I love it. Um, So that allows the Hue light bulbs to work. The other nice thing about it is in the app, you can actually define, I want this switch not just to control this lamp. I want it to control a whole scene. So when I Mm -hmm. hit the switch, I can set preset that I want this lamp in the corner to go to 70%, this lamp to go to 80 and be slightly warmer color. I want the spotlight in the ceiling to go to 40% because I don't like it's too bright. I want the chandelier over the piano to go to something. So none of those would have been able to talk to one another before. But now I can with one push of one button or my voice, I can set a scene that is really, really useful. Um, so, uh, Nest, Nest for the home thermostat. I think it was pretty new when we were talking about the, the show. I think I had just gotten it, right? Because I can report now 10 years later that the Nest was and has been for me complete hot garbage fire. Oh, geez. It is trash. It is such trash. I, I like I don't know why I I it felt like I was closing my head in the car door over and over and over again. They released a software update delivered wirelessly over Wi-Fi to the Nest that when applied completely broke Wi-Fi on the device. So you could no longer apply software updates to the device. So I would have to take this brick off my wall and send it back to them so they could send me a new nest and put it on my wall, which immediately applied a software update, which then bricked the device. And then I had to take it off my wall. And three times I did this. Three times wow. I replaced the nest. It is oh the worst. I'll tell you, I replaced it with the Echo B smart thermostat uh, premium. I have had no problems for years. It is rock solid. It works inside of HomeKit so I can use my voice uh, to change just like the, the Google was with the um, the Nest, I could use it with Alexa. Uh, I'm no longer using any Alexa in my house, so uh, I can now use it with uh, the Hey Lady command, and it is great, great, great. So Echo B for the win. There are others wow. out there, uh, and uh, so, you know, shopping around is awesome, but I'll tell you, from my experience, I could not get out of that Nest fast enough. Uh, yeah, once they were purchased like it. by Google, it, it became a horrible thing. And I was wow. not alone. This is not an isolated thing. That Wi-Fi bug oh, was sure. legit yeah. and borked a lot Three of devices. Three times legit, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, that's a little bit about my update for smart home. So I'm using the Echo Bee. Okay. I'm using all Hue lights. I'm using the um, HomePods everywhere. Uh, I also have the HomePods triggering automations uh, that are connected to some of my other uh bits of software on my computer that we talked about last week. So for example, if a UPS UPS comes and a package comes, I have a light that flashes in the corner so that I, you know, because I don't have any sort of 
camera, like a, a camera on my doorbell. That's a very mm-hmm. popular thing, like a ring camera. I don't yes. have that yet. Um, and so I need a notification because I don't want packages to be stolen. So since I sit in my office and work all day, if a package is delivered, that light in the corner behind me will just flash red a couple of times and then I can go get it. Uh, I know to go out and get pick up the package. Those are some mm-hmm. of the kinds of things that we're using for uh, with our home device. Automation's big. How about health and fitness? Are you using any mm-hmm. health and fitness stuff uh, yourself? <laughs> Tech? Well, I could tell you the truth or I could lie. <laughs> <laughs> what what's your what's your pleasure? So let's just say that right now, no. Okay. Should I be? Yes. Both of those things could be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, there isn't anything that like is standing out yeah. because I'm not really focusing on it right yeah. now, which is terrible. I should be well, focusing on it. But, you know, you I, know, I don't necessarily. I, I mean, I, no judgment, obviously. No judgment, right. no shame. Um, and I also think that it is so useful and to, to have this stuff. And I think over the last, I mean, the is. first time we talked about it was episode 192, getting oh, fit boy. with tech. That's another, you know, 10 years ago. And oh, wow. we reviewed a lot of stuff that was really useful, but so much has changed so fast. So much right? has changed. Uh, yeah. we talked about the Fitbit Flex. Uh, that was before the Apple Watch. That was before the Apple Watch. It was... Uh, after Apple Health, and that was the big controversy because Apple Health was this app that was released uh, on iOS 8 for the iPhone 5 or mm. newer, uh, even though at the time I, uh, the iPhone 6 had just come out. It, was, it went back to iPhone 5, and that was the place that, wow. that was, you know, at the time. And they, what, where are we on the iPhone now? What Are we like 11, 12, <laughs> well, 13? I'm, I am holding up right now the iPhone 14. The iPhone 14. Okay. So this was a lot of years ago. And um, yes. And so, you know, Apple Health has become kind of a, a preeminent for Apple users. If you're in health, like if you're interested in health tracking, uh, it is it is the place to do it. And anybody, any app developer that is worth their salt is going to give you a way to sync your data invisibly to the Apple Health database. Because that Apple Health database brings everything together, right? It's, it it right. allows you to see patterns that might not be indicated by any of your individual apps. So uh, the Fitbit Flex, the big problem with the Flex at the time was that it didn't sync with Apple Health. And I think Fitbit is yeah. still very much not a part of the Apple Health community. That was a problem. They very much want their own thing. It's totally okay. They want to be a, a strict competitor. So if you're in Fitbit, awesome. You know, you're going to if you're an Apple user, you're going to keep tracking some data separately. There are third parties that allow you to sync your Fitbit data to your Apple health data. Uh, There are people who believe that is a privacy risk, putting your health data syncing by by way of a third party, uh, non-integrated third party. So, uh, you know, there are there are issues uh, around that. So kind of pick a team. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. Pick Mm -hmm. a team. Uh, The Jawbone Up24 we talked about is an app for tracking and more. It's discontinued. The Nike Fuel (laughs) Band was huge at the time. It's it was an app for tracking. It was a little bracelet that you you earned points. Yeah. Discontinued. Uh, The Lose It app. We both uh, recommended Lose It. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah. 
Uh, oh, I do remember it. And I remember, what, you know, I was using it because I had a trainer at the time and that's what he had recommended. And uh, uh, I haven't been back to it, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad app. Oh, I just yeah. didn't go back and use it. I used it for years. I thought it was the, the easiest way to kind of track and search for the stuff I was eating and make sure that right. it was kind of within reason. Um, right. And, yeah. and I liked it a lot. I, I stopped using it and I since went to Noom. Uh, I, uh -huh. I used Noom. I subscribed to Noom for the first year. And um, for me, it worked gangbusters. And I know mm -hmm. we've we've had some people say that it's not good for ADHD. And again, I remind you all, ADHD is a spectrum disorder. And so right. to say blanket, it doesn't work for ADHD is a grand statement that is not true. It I have ADHD. It worked amazing for me. I lost 65 pounds mm -hmm. and I've been keeping it off. And I love the way it helped me stay in my face all the time. And and not let me fall away from it every day I was doing. And I also I went whole hog. I had the the yeah. in, the coach uh, who would check in with me and my community and making sure I was posting and being a part of that community that it was huge for me. And so I'm a yeah, big, big great. fan of Noom. Um uh, again, it also integrated with Apple Health, and so mm -hmm. I was able to keep track of of my weight, weight loss, weight tracking, um, and all the other things that are were being connected. The other uh, system, uh, the scale that we recommended, and we've recommended a couple of times, episode 192 and 241, we recommended the Wythings wireless scale. Uh, at the time, we were rec recommending the Smart Body Analyzer which is no longer available. It's now updated to the body comp scale. It's essentially the same mm. scale with lots more stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. I love a connected scale. I love me a connected scale, something serious, mm -hmm. getting on the scale and being able to track with great accuracy over time. But Wythings is also big in the health business, much bigger than they've ever been. And you can get devices like I use, you know, when my I, I was struggling with my uh, uh, blood pressure, I have the connected blood pressure cuff and I have the connected thermometer uh, to track uh, temperature over time. Uh, and it's all connects straight into Apple Health. Uh, and so I, I'm a huge Wythings fan. I stick with that. Um, That's great. Cannot talk about any of this stuff without once again mentioning the Apple Watch. I use it for absolutely everything. Sleep tracking, yeah. um, uh, all the workouts, breathing, heart rate, blood oxygen, um, uh, you know, even has the EKG on it for occasional, um, you know, if I, I want to run the 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 EKG on it it's pretty it's pretty fun to be able to do that and right. to know that I've tested it and sitting right next to a heart transplant patient or a heart uh, 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 bypass surgery uh, patient and it's the mm -hmm. data has been the same I really like that I can get what what is uh, verifiably accurate information on my wrist super useful. Uh, and obviously, all of that is tracked in real time in the Apple Health and Fitness app. In terms of fitness programs, um, you know, if you're in the Apple, this is such an Apple booster show. I'm sorry about that. But if you're in the Apple ecosystem, the other thing that has come out is Apple Fitness. And if you yeah. subscribe to like Apple One for they include iCloud and news and um, mm -hmm. music and all that stuff for a single monthly fee. But it includes Apple Fitness, which is real people in a studio in Los Angeles yeah. recording new workouts for you every day. So pretty cool. It's really cool. And the fact that I can with my Apple Watch, I can say, you know, start a workout 
have be able to look at it on screen, see the rings that I'm filling mm-hmm. and do a cardio or a strength training or a rowing or biking or whatever. Those workouts are legit. And they even have they mindfulness are. and cool down meditation, yoga. Uh, I do a ton. I started doing yoga during the pandemic because of Apple Fitness. And I've never been more That's flexible. Awesome. Like, it's amazing. That's awesome. And, you know, it is. I mean, I know you said this is kind of turning into an Apple show. And I know we don't mean it to be, but that is definitely the Apple Watch, Apple Health, all of that. That's it, it makes it so easy you know, to, yeah. to, to focus on and to look at and, and to see the rings and know how much more I have to do. And it's just a visual too. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. That's probably that package right there. looks it's great. Really stellar. Um, you know, and I will say mm-hmm. Wythings is not Apple only. Like it happens to plug right. into Apple Fitness, but it's you download the Wythings app and you can track all your stuff right there. So if you're on a, a different platform, Wythings is still good for you and they, they make great right. products. So I, I you know, I, I think they're solid. Um, so uh, the other apps that we've talked about in relation to self-care in our episode 241, digital tech tools to support self-care, we talked about uh, day one. Are you mm-hmm. are you using day one still? Did you? Uh, I'm not in. I'm not anymore. But I was using it for a while. Mm-hmm. I I had it on there and I was journaling and and uh, um, but uh, yeah, not for a while. Uh, I um, I still love day one. I still subscribe. My wife and I both still use it regularly. And I the the addition to me is just having the Apple Pencil and the iPad. And I, uh, right. you know, they have some tools. I haven't really, honestly, weirdly, haven't really explored any of the drawing tools within day one. But what mm-hmm. I do, because I live so much in good notes and notability, is I'll write a, an entire, I'll hand write a journal entry and just send it to day one. Mm-hmm. And it just saves it as an image or a PDF in day one. So I have this log of my activity when I want to write handwriting, it's it's still very, very useful. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So day one is still still great. Um, we recommended something called the mindfulness bell, which is just Do not like remember a it recording. At all. Yeah, it's just a recording of like a Zen bell. I can't figure out why we would have done that. It's nice. I, I have, have no, no memory idea. of it. Yeah. I don't have any memory of it either. That's funny. <laughs> No idea. Um, we uh, again, we recommended lose it, but there were a bunch of running apps or, or fitness oh, apps like My Fitness this, Pal. Uh, I was did use one. that for a while. Still around. Still, I think My Fitness Pal is now owned by Adidas. Um, oh, okay. Uh, or Maybe they there or, or um, um, Under Armour. One of the like it's it's a little bit tricky to figure out like who's. Who owns what anymore? Uh, But I'll tell you, all of these apps are still around, including one of our favorites, Zombies Run. (laughs) So I have to tell you, I don't remember when we did this show about Zombies Run, but I have it in my memory of laughing so hard because I all I can imagine is myself going on Main Street, uh-huh. walking, and then all of a sudden sprinting as fast as I can because the zombies are are chasing after me. And then I'm walking like it just the whole thought of it was just hilarious to me. It's yeah. one of my favorite shows that we recorded. It was it's so fun. And I just am delighted that enough people love that app and love that experience that it is still thriving. That all you do is put your headphones in, go for a run anywhere in the world. You're listening to a mission 
while your music is playing. Like it'll tell you, you have to get to this, you have to get to this thing, to this place to get supplies. And as soon as you hear, like you'll come around a corner and suddenly you'll hear the sound, you have to speed up and, and then you'll get to your location. It'll tell you kind of turn left, turn right. You get to this location and you, you, build a base and you're sort of gamifying your exercise. I love it. There are 200 missions now built into this. And I mean, it is a, uh, it, it is just a fantastic, I think, uh, game of an experience. It comes out in seasons. And so I'm watching oh, people okay, who good. are saying it's like TV seasons, but the missions are mm-hmm. like, they, they change and evolve and you have to, have to do stuff. People use it while they're riding bikes. They use it while just walking around, you know, yeah. campus. They use it all, all the time. Really, really I love fun. it. So that's zombies. And what one. a great, what a great example of gamifying exercise and making it fun and engaging yeah. and something that you want to do, right? For so sure. Good job, Zombies Run. Good uh, job. Run Keeper is another one. It's a great, great community of runners. It's another awesome a- mm-hmm. app that, and and I know there are people in our community that use it. Um, I and I know I know Melissa uses it. She actually says that she loves the ability to change voices that alert you of your progress, uh, and they'll give you you know a silly comment or something that makes you laugh while you're running, and and uh, I think that's that's really fun. Um, the Runtastic uh, is, is another one we've talked about that. Um, Oh, that's the Runtastic is the one that's now owned by Adidas. That's the that's oh, okay. the, the one that's uh, that's Adidas. But again, all of these are available on App Store or Google Play, um, and they they track all of your activities. They're still going strong. So I think of all of the apps that we talked about ten years ago, it's really nice to see that Runkeeper, Runtastic, Zombies Run, mm-hmm. uh, and My Fitness Pal are still going and strong. Lose it too, and lose I'm it. Sure. Yeah, they've all still going been acquired. Strong. You know, they're all Adidas or Under Armour or um, mm-hmm. you know or. Um, uh, yeah, they've all been acquired by some other bigger company, uh, but they're yeah. going strong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we good. did uh, mention the uh, a long time ago, the Wythings Aura smart sleep system. That has also changed. It's now just called sleep and it doesn't come. It used to come with like a light and, and things, but now it's just a big pad that you put under you while you sleep and it uh it lets you uh, track your sleep by way of movement and sound. Um, uh, it's apparently quite good. I have never used it. Uh, the this particular version of it, it's one hundred and twenty nine dollars. Still very much uh, available. I again, all my sleep is tracked on my wrist, and it is it gives me the data that I need right in in Apple HomeKit. This tracks into your Google Health and your Apple Home, uh, Health Kit uh, also. So you can see like how how much were you sleeping? How deep was it? How useful was that sleep session for recovery, for health? Um, mm-hmm. You know, are you awake overnight? How often were you in, in conceivably in REM sleep, uh, deep sleep, that kind of a thing. But largely the, the most interesting outcome, I think for me, while tracking my sleep is just how important it is for me to get to bed earlier. And to, yeah. if I need to, you know, if I'm feeling stressed, I need to wake up earlier. But the best sleep, judging by the sleep tracking, happens before midnight or one o'clock. So if I want good, mm-hmm. solid sleep, I need to be training myself to get in bed earlier. Made Could much easier that. this time of year when it's just darker earlier. It's really right, easy to right. get that done. So um, yeah. that is the sleep tracking update. Are you, What are you using for track, tracking habits right now? 
I, again, I'm not, I'm not personally tracking any habits. As you talk to people. (laughs) But as I talk to people, um, that are, it's, oh gosh, it's the one that gamifies it and people love it. It's, um, Habitica. I can't remember. Yes. Habitica. People love that. They love that because it does make it more engaging and fun. And, um, you know, I, I, the thing about tracking, and we've had this conversation a while ago for me for tracking, and this is just me. I, I like to track when I do things, but I don't want to see when I don't do them because it makes me feel bad. So, um, I will, if I'm really focusing on doing something, I will put the dots that I do it and only really focus on those days that I did mm-hmm. it. And so I, I'm just saying, yes, I did it on November 15th dot, did it on November 17th dot, right? But I'm not seeing that I didn't do it on the 16th because it's just a mindset yeah. thing for me. Um, so You know, we I, I used Habitica. I used, we recommended in this episode 241, we recommended Coach.me and Productive um, mm-hmm. as two apps that that allow you to do this stuff. And I'll tell you how it evolved for me is that I just, I wasn't able to keep track uh, in in so many separate apps. I would find myself get really distracted because those were apps where the functionality could be duplicated elsewhere. And so right. I, for any new habits that I want to do every day, it goes into Todoist as a daily repeating test at a certain time, which also shows up on my calendar and I get alerts mm-hmm. for it and I can't ignore it. It's always right there since I spend all day looking at the thing. So right, right. Um, that's that's how I kind of ended up. Uh, I, I ended up not using these particular services. I do know there are apps like TickTick. We've talked about TickTick before. Yes. That is a time engine also has a habit tracking um, functionality right. in it, building new mm-hmm. habits. Uh, the only service that I use, uh, or tracking tool that I use that isn't in Todoist is uh, in iOS 16, there is a new, in Apple Health, again, there's a medication tracker. So you put oh, that in, could be really helpful. Yeah, you put in your meds that you're taking, you say how often you have to take it, and it sends you an alert, a reminder to just push a button and say log is taken when you've taken it. It also does... Um, uh, interact drug interactions. So once you put Mm -hmm. in, you select from the database, like I'm on this blood pressure med and I'm also on ADHD meds and I'm on, you know, whatever, um, you know, anxiety. So Mm -hmm. uh, most of those are take as needed. Some of those are take as needed. Some of them I take every day. Um, So I can go into the database and it'll tell me like you have these three listed. We can tell you that these, this is how they work together. They're either going to cause more anxiety or stress, or you're going to have to go to the bathroom a lot. Or if you take this one and this one, one of them is not going to work because it will cancel out the other one. Like those drug interactions, that database is incredibly useful. And it's based on the stuff I'm actually taking. So I don't have to just research like in hypothetically, this thing isn't going to work with that thing. I can actually see I'm taking this much of this drug. Here's how it's going to work with the other drugs that I'm taking. And so um, I find that incredibly incredibly useful. And that is something that I can't duplicate in Todoist, right? I can duplicate the take right. the drug part, but I can't right. duplicate the warnings. And I really value the the warnings. That's and great. And talk to my doctor about them, right? So right. that's right. very, very useful. So very that, useful. Uh, you know, I think we should, I think we should put a plug in it right now. We should put a fork yeah. in it. I think we, I even have more to talk about, but we should save that for another tech member. Um, this has been a review of 10 years of digital 
recommendations that we've talked about. Some are still good, some are not. Again, I hope yeah. one person out there gets one bit of use out of something that we've talked about uh, during this marathon three episode uh, series. I'm very excited about Technova. it. Thank you, Pete. Thank you for doing all of this. Thank you, Melissa, for doing all the research. For uh, sure. Great information. And it's nice to see that, that, you know, a lot of this stuff is still running and it's still doing good and still improving. So yeah. I think that's that's surprising to me because I thought for sure we would be like replacing everything because tech can move so fast. I know. Um, but uh, yeah, there's some good stuff out there that, that stays true over the course of time. Uh, coming up next, we're taking a little break for Thanksgiving, but we've got, uh, when we come back in December, we're going to be talking about money. And we've got two great, great interviews, and I'm very excited to tease them. Uh, the first, we've got David DeWitt talking about holiday spending and budgeting with ADHD, and Jesse Meacham. Jesse Meacham is the founder and former CEO of You Need a Budget, YNAB is going to be here to talk to us about budgeting and focus and what it takes to succeed with your money. What a great mm. time to do it right during great. the holiday season. So we've got two great interviews Love it. about that. Uh, and I think with that, we're done. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to this conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.